Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Two metres back, then rock phone, and held up on the inside was Red Hot Assassin, but Captain Ravishing raced away. Captain Ravishing opened up a big lead on Sassiness and then came rock phone, but he's opening up for another big win, Captain Ravishing. He is going to win in style. It was effortless. Again, wins by about 18 metres. Captain yeah, Ravishing first, Sassiness second, third. That horse, Captain Ravishing, and he's going to start the favourite for a Group 1, Chris, on Saturday night. Captain Ravishing taking taking some big steps. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. It is a, a quantum rise in raid. There's no doubt about it. But all you can do is win, and he's done precisely that. So he's two for two. Beautifully bred, as we know, an expensive purchase from the sales as a yearling. And uh, this is going to be a good test for him. So it'll be interesting if he wins this race on the weekend. Do they keep charging forward? Do they look at a series like the New South Wales Derby Eaton Finals in the coming week? So I'm sure that is going to tell us a lot more, that uh, that verdict there on, on Saturday night. But uh, all you can do is win. So we look forward to yeah. watching him. It's a good program. I'll get you to put the thinking cap on for us later in the week. Um, a, re, a horse, if Captain Ravishy can win a group one at his third start, when was the last horse to do? Something like that. Uh, Ricky Elshin, as you, off, you mentioned, Chris, he's got a great team of younger horses. Terrific strike rate, and he's our first guest. Yeah, he is, and he's got uh, one of the star trotters engaged in his stable as well, Tough Monarch. He's now 10 years of age. He's going to be one of the major players in Saturday night's Group 1 Dullard Trotters Cup at Melton. But there's so much to talk about with Ricky, and he's been kind enough to join us. Now, Ricky, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Tough Monarch, can he get the job done there? Perfectly poised in gate one. Yeah, he definitely can. Um, just through the Inner Dominion series, Chris, uh, he, he sort of went a little bit of a miss at a bad time and he just was fighting a bit of a virus. And, you know, he, we were pushing against time with him and in the end, uh, in the final, he actually, I think he went a second quicker final 800 than any other horse in the race. He went 55 his last half or something off the track, and I was really happy. And we've given him 10 days off since then. And, and I actually think the horse in himself and in his work is probably as good as he's been since he went to Queensland last year. So I, I really expect him to go well on Saturday night. Okay, so just looking back at that Inter-Dominion series, obviously you were just really frustrated with uh, the way he was performing at that time. Oh, it was just bad timing. I mean, I thought he was, um, you know, pretty pretty spot on going into it. And then he, he actually come up with a lung infection um, about a week out. We were, we were treating him and his first run, you know, was average. Um, although he did a little bit of work in a quick lead time, I was disappointed. And then his next run was a bit better um, at Bathurst, but I still wasn't 100% happy. And then he went to Newcastle and galloped and... I actually didn't even think he was going to make the final, but then we had a week after that last heat to, um, you know, do a bit of vet work on him, and you know we, you know, had him scoped and find, found out there was a few things going on, and he actually raced much better in the final. But then we were able to tip him out and let him get his head down, and he's been on a, um, you know, a program of treatment since then, and he's um, the, the horse is a different horse actually. Okay, and that's probably emphasised by that last start winning performance that came. Uh, back, uh, what, two weeks ago now, January 15. He scored by a huge margin, rated good time. Uh, I'm sure that would have done him the world of uh, world of good as far as his confidence is concerned. 
Yeah, it did. I mean, it was sort of it was a tricky race to get a form line out of. It was a five-horse field and three of them galloped, so it sort of it ended up being a well-paid trial. But he felt terrific that night. He won well, um, which you would have expected him to um, after the two main dangers gallop. But since then, um, you know, his work on Sunday um, was really good, and I, I worked him with a couple of paces this morning. Um, and he felt terrific. And, you know, he's come up with barrier one, which he doesn't usually draw all that well. And he'll be taking, um, you know, take, taking every advantage of the draw where possible. Okay. Is Majestuoso the horse to beat? Um, well, of course. He's a, he's a well-credentialed um, horse. It's funny, I actually trained him for a point and sold him to Andy Gaff. Um, uh, Temporale's going well. You know, he's a bit like my old horse. He's been there and done it, and, you know, he's been in the dog fights. If we could hold up, I think it would be extremely hard to beat. Um, you know, if Majestuoso holds, manages to cross and gets a cheap quarter, well, he's such a speedy horse, it will make him hard to run down. But, you know, once again, if Temporale's up outside him or Wobbly putting the speed on, well, then, you know, that brings my horse back into it. But I would love to see him in front over over the 2200. I really think he'll take some beating. Okay. Depending on how it all goes on, on, on the weekend, uh, does he back up next week with the Great Southern Star Series? Look, the Great Southern Star was um, what we actually had targeted. He won a heat of it last year and, you know, he drew average in the final, but he still went well. And I wasn't even going to go to the Dallard Cup. I was actually going to trial him here yesterday at Menangle, and then I thought, you know what, it's a $50,000 race, he's got to go down anyway, so I elected to go down, and um, yeah, so he'll race Saturday night, then Great Southern Star, and then we'll weigh up what to do with him after that. Okay, how tough is that Great Southern Star? The fact that you've got to have a heat and the final on the same the same night, that's that's tough, the horse and, you know, trainer. No, it's tough, and you know you, you never stop learning in um, in this industry or in in every aspect, really. But um, you know, I've I think I've had I had another horse make the final a few years ago, Rainbow JJ, and you know you, you talk to the people, um, Anton Galino back at the, at the time had just come across um, from France, and he was sort of um, you know advising me on what to do, and then you talk to the other trainers, Andy Gaff, the the people that you know have won the race and have been in in the situation and all you got to do is take it on board listen to them and and you learn and you know this horse all, all round has taught me a lot um and you know last year he did win the final and i uh, won the heat sorry and you know i think the aspect of then having to they draw your barrier out then you've got to pick your barrier um it's a really good race to be part of and i'd love to be part of it again this year because it's you know it all adds to it you know I think we were the second last horse drawn out last year and we either had nine or outside the front to draw. Ten, I think it was, or outside the front to pick. Um, you know, so we picked ten, so we weren't that wide. But, you know, if it's all part of it, like I said. And if you happen to get drawn out first once you make the final, we take advantage and pick a good barrier. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully we can get him through. All right. Well, that's tough, Monarch. Uh, you, you're starting to, to wind back up. A lot of your stable stars have been back at the trials in recent weeks. Uh, you've got one stepping out this weekend in Sydney. Crunch time, he's back in action. Rubini's back in action. He tackles the Simpson Memorial. What are the expectations with these guys? Um, look, crunch time, he's obviously got an ODM barrier drawer on him and he's in a, um, a pretty hard race. So, you know, he, he'll... Um 
probably be driven conservatively and hope, hopefully he's hitting the line at the end. Um, you know, he's, he's at that stage in his preparation now. He's had two trials. Yesterday's trial, he was just sort of, you know, back in the field and he, he was okay without being brilliant. But um, we're just really about to crank him up. He's hopefully we can get him through to the sprint races. Um, leading into the Miracle Mile. Uh, he's still only an MO here in Sydney. Rubini, he's an honest little horse. Um, he's probably a bit outclassed in the Simpson sprint, but I think, you know, going forward, he's a horse that will go through his grades and eventually get to the Metro grades. Um, we'll just let him tell us. Uh, Captain Crusader and What's Up Sunshine both trialled really, really well yesterday. So, yeah, we, we've got a fair bit going on. Okay. How many did you trial yesterday? It looked like you had a runner in every trial yesterday. It was a big day. Um, I think we ended up two racing in uh, nine trialing, so we took 11 over. Um, You know, there was a few three-year-olds that just stepped out to the education for the first time, a couple of two-year-olds, yeah, and a few of the other racehorses from last year, the three-year-olds and that are just, you know, probably six weeks off racing. Would I be right in saying there's a possibility that you could return to Queensland sooner than what you normally come up uh, each and every winter? Yeah, um, look, I'd like to. Um, I've sort of, you know, we, we're going to going to have probably a busier racing team this year than we've had in the past. Um, so I'm sort of looking at maybe sending a team of 10 or 12 up there, um, you know, mid-April, and then just depending on, um, you know, staff and what position we're in at the time, maybe stay right through to the end of winter. So, you know, it's all got to fall into place. But, yeah, I would like to space our racing team and have the ones that are suited for Queensland up there and, you know, the the ones that and your trotters and that that need to be down here, keep them here. So if I can manage it, I will. Okay. But in in, in saying that, it looks like you've got a a really good mix of, of horses in your stable right now. You've got young horses, you've got proven horses, paces, trotters. There's a really nice mix there. Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, we've got a few nice t- rising two-year-olds that we like. We haven't put any pressure on them yet. And, you know, until the pressure goes on, you, you either get excited or let down. And, you know, the next six weeks leading towards Bathurst, um, we'll sort of, you know, sort the men out from the boys. And then, you know, we've got horses like um, Soho Rhapsody, who's a really nice three-year-old filly, Sugar for My Honey, Beefy Benson. Um, you know, horses that race really well towards the end of last season there they'll sort of step back up and hopefully get them up to Brisbane for your Oaks and you know, your Derbies if they're good enough. Okay. How many two-year-olds are you currently working? Um, they'd probably be, um, between Pacers and Trotters, they'd, they'd probably be 15 or here, I'd say. 15 or 16, numbers, maybe more. I try not to count them, actually, but it's, it's just that time of year where, you know, you they've got to be in work if they're going to, um, you know, race early, and that's where we're at now. All right. Well, a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a busy uh, period for you over the next couple of months, no doubt about it. But uh, you've got an excellent chance on the weekend with the Trotter, the Star Trotter, Tough Monarch. And great to see a lot of the other stars in the stable making their way back to the races. Really appreciate the time, Ricky. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Here's Ricky Elgin joining us. So uh, maybe April we'll see uh, Ricky back in Queensland. Uh, they've got a fantastic strike rate, whether it's Ricky or Jared. When the boys come up from Sydney, their, their strike rate here in the Sunshine State, very, very good. And as Ricky just outlined, there's a real nice mix of talent uh, spread across his stable right now. So hopefully uh, we'll see them back in Queensland sooner rather than later.
Steve, I want to go back to, to Monday night at Redcliffe. The first race that was run and won mm-hmm. was taken out by a horse by the name of Let's Play You and I. Angus Garrard took the drive. It ran the favourite. It scored by a narrow margin. It's trained by Ash Perks, and I'm keen to talk more about Ash. And a little bit later when I get into this interview, there's a, there's a part that you might have particular interest in. So stay with me. Okay. But, uh, I'm keen to talk to I Ash. I won't go and get so, a coffee. Yeah, don't go too long, though. <laughs> Don't go too no, long. no, I said I won't go and get a coffee. I'm staying. Oh, okay, I'm, gotcha. I'm all ears. Righto. Ash is joining us now. Ash, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm under pressure with that story. <laughs> Thank you very much. Is that your first training win? Uh, well, kind of. About 25 years ago, my brother and I messed around with a couple of horses back in Adelaide, and we trained one winner at uh, Strathalbyn. So a long time ago, but if, yeah. Officially, probably yes, I think is the answer. Okay, so obviously you took a break from the sport, but you're back now and you've got a couple of horses. You had another one race yesterday. So the, the bug never leaves the system by the sound of it. So you're back and, and you're hands-on again. Yeah, which is really exciting. We moved to Queensland about a year ago. Um, and uh, a guy I used to buy a few horses off back in the day, um, he sent me a text message. We've taken over the Pelican Waters Resort. And uh, he sent me a text message out of the blue and said, Ash, are you involved in the Pelican Waters Resort? And I said, uh, yes, we are. He said, well, guess what? I live next door. So Stewie Valentine came in and introduced himself because I'd never met him in the flesh. And I said, mate, I'd love to get back into horses. And from that, he, uh, he's got a lot of connections, Stuart and Marg. So uh, he said, leave it with me. And uh, within a week, we were at uh, Greg Franklin's for a little while and... Uh, Greg's sort of, he's got three horses and didn't want to take any more. And I said to Stewie, who else you got? So he's back on the phone and we ended up at uh, Terry and Dell Hancock's down at Wemran. So he's got space and beautiful people and they've taught us a lot. And fortunately, we've got some horses down there now. So it's been a great journey, yeah. Okay. And the family's involved as well. It's not just you. Your, your boys are involved as well. Yeah, my uh, eldest son, Calvin, the... Uh, he bought Let's Play You and I, so he was pretty excited the other night. And uh, my other lad, Hudson, who's up on holidays from Adelaide, he, uh, he's involved. The whole family's involved. So, I mean, that's the beautiful thing of harness racing. You don't have to be short or um, wealthy. You can all be involved in um, lots of different ways. So, yeah, Monday night was pretty exciting. And poor Angus, I think uh, we might have over-celebrated. And... Um, <laughs> I think he thought we'd won the Inter Dominion, but um, yeah, doesn't matter. We had a great night and um, we're very excited. So, yeah. and you turned up with a good uh, fan club as well. There was a number of people <laughs> there that went out for the uh, the, the photographs. So it was great to see, including your parents. I'm led to believe. Yes, they're up from Adelaide for the week, so they timed it perfectly. Um, I think the uh, cameraman had the wide lens on to get us all in, but um, oh, we might have doubled the crowd. But, um, you know, you can't buy that excitement and um, it doesn't matter where you win. And it was great for everybody and uh, Angus was a good drive and really happy for everyone, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's great to hear. What about your colours? Where, where, where do they come from? They're, they're very similar to the Cronulla Sharks' colours. Well, that's what they are. And I don't follow rugby or league at all. I went to Sydney about oh, 30 years ago and I saw them and I thought, I like those colours. And then when we made our own colours, I copied them. 
But I think the rugby teams, they change their colours every five minutes. So I don't know if they still match. But, yes, that is the origin of them, yeah. Okay. So how many horses are you currently working? Is it just the two? Just the two. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, Mini Boutique brings you back to earth pretty quickly yesterday. <laughs> We've got some work to do there, Chris. The joys of trotters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they test you, but um, oh, it's a challenge. So, so set me straight here. Are you making the trip from Caloundra to Wamuran each day? Pretty much. Um, Terry lets us have a morning off here and there, but mostly, uh, most mornings, yeah. So, uh, but that's all right. It's only 40 minutes, and by the time you get back, it's still only 8.30 and you start your day. But, uh, I mean, they look after the horses incredibly well, and we're very fortunate and grateful to have them. So, yeah, we're happy. All right. Well, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. But it's not just the, uh, the, the standard breads you're involved with. You've also got a few thoroughbreds as well. Yeah, well, back in, uh, what was it, March 20, we're in the hospitality industry in Adelaide and we got shut down because um, of COVID, obviously, for, well, ScoMo said six months when he came on the telly and I thought, oh, that's trouble. What else are we going to do? Um, so after about two or three months at home, I started to get on the internet, which is always dangerous. And I bought, I was the underbidder on a horse called Fort Wayne, which races in the Sunshine Coast. But I didn't know that at the time. It came out of Melbourne. Um, and when I was the underbidder, you know, you always want what you couldn't get. So I tracked it down and it was by chance the guy that bought it was selling shares. So in brief, we bought half. Um, and then in October, when we sort of reopened, I said to the family, let's go for a quick holiday, went to Queensland. I said, let's go and see this horse. Ended up at uh, Caloundra, saw the horse, and I thought, wow, Sunshine Coast is an incredible place. And then uh, contacted an agent about something in hospitality and uh, ended up at the Pelican Waters Resort. So that was the uh, start of the thoroughbred um, purchase. And then um, more time on my hands, and there was a yearling auction on Inglis right in the heart of COVID, and most horses were withdrawn. It was just that really tough period. And I bid on a horse, a yearling, and I paid 4000 for it. And I rang the girl that sold it, and she said, oh, Ash, I've got another one here. I said, oh, really? I don't know if I need another one. She said, oh, it's a nice horse, and et cetera. And I thought, oh, what's it matter? So, yes, we went through with that purchase as well, and um, he looks like he might be a nice horse. So, yeah, really excited about that. So that horse in question that you've just uh, referenced, is that Corona Lad? Yes. So when I bought the horse, I said to uh, said to the girl, Sinead, so what do I do with it now? Because I'm in Adelaide, the horse is in Melbourne. She said, we, maybe we'll send it to the breaker. I said, that's a good idea. So she recommended Nathan Dunn, who is a very well-known breaker in Melbourne and Cranbourne. He, he does all the Yulong horses. So I went to Nathan, he broke him in, and we didn't really think much of either of them. And then Corona Lad had a trial and he put his apprentice on there and uh, was back near last and came down the outside really well. So we thought, oh, maybe this horse is all right. Um, so, yeah, so Nathan ended up training the horse because he's just starting his own uh, training business. So uh, he's a terrific guy and he was up the other week. So, um, yeah, some wonderful people in horse racing. Okay, so he's by Animal Kingdom. He's a three-year-old gelding. He's two starts, two victories, a first-up winner at Hamilton, and then he went to Sandown Hillside last time out to win. 
couple of things out of that. Is the Australian Guineas a, a bridge too far, and has the phone stopped ringing from Hong Kong? <laughs> You've been talking to Stewie Valentine, haven't you? Um, <laughs> well, we did knock back a, a very nice offer from Hong Kong because I saw the excitement that the horse brought to us as a family and him as a trainer and his family and everyone connected with it. And I thought, you know what, you, you can't buy that excitement. So we've rolled the dice, but I'm comfortable with that. And um, is the Australian Guineas a bridge too far? Well, time will tell. He'll have a trial in a couple of weeks and then he will race in the CSA stakes and then we'll see how we go. Okay. Well, the Australian yes. Guineas comes up on March 5, so it's not all that far away, but he does look exciting. He's got a big, booming finish, this horse. Yeah, well, Nathan's good friends with uh, Mick Price down in Melbourne, and he asked him to watch the videos, and he said, what would you do? And this was the, the uh, program he mapped out for the horse. So um, I'm just going with the ride. I put, put faith in Nathan. He's a great trainer and a, he's a, a great person. So... Um, yeah, well, hopefully we have a bit of fun. I mean, my son was excited, so he, we've got a prize for him now, so that's that's a bit of a guide. Okay. What happened to the other horse? Is it named? Has it raced? Yeah, it's just come back in. Um, it's been gilded. It's bred to stay, so it's probably... We'll find out if it's good enough in the next three to four months. Okay. We've got an, we so did buy we'll actually up. three, but don't tell, don't tell my wife. <laughs> we've got another one called... Um, my dog Diesel, which has had two starts for Nathan, he went okay the first start and dropped out the second start. So yeah. Okay, so Corona Lad's the stable star. Oh, don't say that because let's play you and I's right up there. <laughs> well, he is a last start winner, just like Corona Lad. So they're they're uh, at the uh, top of the page, equal, you could say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've never seen Corona Lad. So at least with, uh, you know, you get to touch and train and be there when the other ones race. So it's, uh, you know, it's got its own special feeling, yeah. So are you likely to make a trip to Melbourne in the coming weeks? Um, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's hope so. Uh, borders pending and whatever else is thrown in front of us. But, yeah, that'd be nice. All right. All right. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. And you've come on board as a sponsor as well with the mile rates of both Albion Park and Redcliffe. Yeah, that was, uh, I think uh, you and Stewie might have got together and come up with the idea, which oh, we're really excited about it. And, um, I mean, we love the harness racing and the people involved. So, I mean, we're probably only an hour from Brisbane. And um, if we get something out of it, we do. If we don't, I'm still okay with that. So, yeah, I just um, I feel for you every time you have to say it, though. <laughs> it's all good. All good. So, at this stage, you've just got the two. So, it's just, let's play you and I and Mini Boutique. So, are we looking for a few others or you're just happy with the two at the moment? Uh, I think there'll be more coming. Um, remember, Stewie's only just next door and I see a lot of him. So, there's a bit comes up and everyone's a bit excited. So, yeah, I think we'll get some more. Um, you know, we've got to be mindful of Terry and Dell as well because of They've got quite a few horses down there. I don't want to wear them out either. So, yeah, we'll just do what feels right. All right. How many times has Calvin watched the replay from Monday night? <laughs> well, quite a few. He watched it on the in the car on the way home. And uh, I just watched it for the first time before you called, and I thought, wow, it was close. But, um, yeah, it was, um, was a fun night, and mm. we were just grateful we got over the line, yeah. Just back to Corona Lad. Thomas Stockdale, yeah. is he on? 
Oh, that's a really tough call, you know. Um, great kid. Um, don't know him. Spoken to him on video. That's all. Rode him really well both times. Still claims. Mm. Um, probably not going to be able to claim in those races. But, um, yeah, that's really tough because loyalty is important. And, um, yeah, I'll have to think about that, talk to Nathan and um, see which way we go there. But, yeah, he's a great kid. John Mastaraby plays, of course, by Animal Kingdom, who's there. And also the mayor was an Arrowfield uh, breed horse too, wasn't she? Tumble Turn, the mother of Corona Lad. Yes, yes. Um, don't test my knowledge too much there. It was a bit of a thrown-in thing. but Yeah, um, yeah she won I two races she... from nine, the mum, Tumble Turn. Yes, yes. She's thrown another winner as well, I think, at races. Might be in Singapore. Um, but I don't think the stallion really did a lot, did he? Animal. From memory? Yeah, Animal Kingdom, yeah. Yeah, there's a few relations that go okay. There's one of them yeah. there that's a talented affair. That's won four races and a few others. Yeah, okay. Mm. So exciting. This one's the good one. Yeah, it is exciting. Exciting for everybody, yeah. Well, Ash, it was great to see you in the winner's circle there on Monday. Continued success in both codes, not only the harness racing, but also with the thoroughbreds with Corona Loud as he aims towards these bigger races uh, just around the corner. So uh, job well done, and it's great to have you involved in the racing industry. Excellent. Really appreciate the call. There's Ash Perks joining us. So uh, in the winner's circle on Monday night, Steve, with Let's Play You and I, a horse that he races with his son, Kelvin. And uh, he owns a Corona Lad who's aiming towards those big races, mm. the CSAs, and then the Australian Guineas. So two for two, this guy. Yeah, Animal Kingdom, wasn't he? He's a, won a Kentucky Derby in a Dubai World Cup. That was going back to 2013. Look, Darren Clayton is with us, and I can ask Darren that question because he's a walking statistician. How are you? Are you well? Uh, in fact, he's with us now. How are you, Darren? Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. Yeah, we're just too good, thanks. We're just talking about that horse of Armoured Tabers chasing a group one in its third start. I wonder when the last horse was able to achieve something like that. Oh, yeah, it's probably a little bit different in the, in the um, trots, Steve, just the fact that a lot of those early two-year-old races are, are generally heats first, so they will have had a, had a couple of starts. So, um, yeah, I'll... You got me on the hop there, but I will chase it yeah, up. Captain and, Ravishing we're talking about. Captain yeah. Ravishing, yeah. Yep. Just going back to you, to talking about Animal Kingdom, that horse Zoo Station that Gaynor Williams trains actually runs today at Warwick Ah, Park. yes, and has been back. You were the one that gave us the big lead the other day, and it uh, it would have been a certainty beaten if it didn't win. Uh, can it yeah. do it again or not? What do you think? Uh, What's the mail yeah, from Bathurst? Yeah, it's um, drawn wide, but it's a, she's a slow beginner, so that might not uh, be too big of a concern there today. So certainly... Uh, Going back to the well, that's for sure. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. What about Redcliffe tonight, Darren? Ten races, strong program as well. What have you come up with as your best bet? Yeah, I'm really keen about this card tonight, Chris. I think there's a few in there that that'll um, we'll get a bit of a price about. But uh, in terms of a best bet, uh, I'm looking... Uh, later in the card, and I've thought the $2.30 that's still available there for Abercrombie Tab in race nine looks really good. Um, this guy probably should have four wins next to his name. Uh, four runs back, he was an absolute tragedy beaten. Um, just a, a matter of circumstances, Dan Russell pulled away from the fence um, when things were coming back in his face. But as it turned out, the, the winner actually came along the fence from where he vacated. So um, really unlucky there. And then since that, he dead-heated at his next start, and then he's won his next two. So probably should have four wins. And he comes up with a good gate here. And like I said, $2.30, I thought that's a really good bet. Race nine, number three, Abercrombie Tab. 
Okay, so race nine, number three, the best bet, 2.30 currently available right now with Tab. Is there anything else on that card that stands out? Yeah, so in terms of just a straight-up bet, I thought um, a frontliner in race three, Gas Monkey will be the favourite in that race, but inside the second line, no favours from there for Gas Monkey. He is in form, but... Probably not a horse best suited to the inside. He's best when he sort of gets to either to the front or to outside the leader, front liner. He'll be second up from a spell for his four-year-old term. Um, forget his first up run. He just had no luck and struck trouble. Um, he's a, a well-bred four-year-old now by Captain Treacherous. We look at Captain's Pick, another Captain Treacherous from the Dixons. They were really going on with it in the last few weeks, so um, I'm keen on his chances. And in terms of an exotic, in race four, um, we play the leader-behind-leader scenario at Redcliffe's always a good bet, and with a scratching of number seven in race four, that moves Mac Talk to inside the second line, follows out the quick beginner, the rag and bone man. So I think you play your Cornellas and Exactors with the rag and bone man and Mac Talk. Um, you, you're probably going to be in the winning queue at the end of the race. Okay, so race four, Exotics there with one and eight, the rag and bone man and Mac Talk. Have you cast your eye over the quaddy races five, six, seven, and eight? How do you see it? Yeah, opening leg I thought was really tricky and uh, I'd be best suited to playing that wide. I've marked Harry Croft on top. Can be a little bit hit and miss, but uh, if he can get across here, which I think he can, there's not a great deal of early speed to his inside. I think he might just prove hard to beat. Turn, turn, flyer. Hasn't been far away. I thought Jet Force could run a race from gate nine. Um, hasn't been too far away either. And Private Jujon, he's found a, a little bit of a, a purple patch with a win last start. So play that wide with numbers three, five, eight, and nine. Okay, so three, five, eight, and nine. What about a race six, which starts the treble? Yeah, again, play that one a little bit wider and then we'll bring it home nice and skinny. So in that uh, second leg, race six, I've marked Rainbow Jet on top. Uh, I think Grant Dixon's in for a pretty good night tonight. And uh, Rainbow Jet, he's only had two runs back from a spell now. Um, didn't make a move till late in the race last time out at Albion Park. And when he did make that move, um, he nearly went off stride. A horse came out underneath him and, and um, nearly knocked him over there. But he just sort of cop some inconvenience out of that. Uh, Tackfilly Miracle, she gets the gate advantage. That'll set up for talking control to be right on her back. And Altana Blue, he's going pretty well. Uh, can work in his runs. He's um, going pretty well at present. So playing that one wide with one, four, five, and seven. And that takes us to race uh, seven, the third league. Um, I thought this was a race in two. The Two of those it was is now scratched. Mickey, you're so fine, is out. I think this gives Mary Bell every chance to open her account in this maiden. Um, she was deep into the red last time out and just didn't get any luck whatsoever. Everywhere Grant Dixon went, there was something happened or, or a roadblock and uh, she was a, a good thing beaten there. She can bounce back and should do so at a short quote there tonight. And then the last leg, again, I think it's probably a... a um, a racing two, that's in a hurry. She's going for three on the bounce in good form. Donnie Smith stable, uh, firing at present. She can get the job done. She's all star. Forget she went around last week. She made a play for the front in the early stages and then had a gear issue which put her out of commission. So I think the race is between those two. A little bit of a watch on number five, Jade's Terror, but I think the winner comes from either four or eight to wrap it up. Okay, so just repeating your numbers. First leg, three, five, eight, and nine. 
second league, one, four, five, seven, nine only, and then four and eight. That's how we play the quaddy tonight at Redcliffe. Yeah, that, that's how it uh, should come up. I think we'll go pretty close. And it might be race 10, but um, I thought race the last race of the night will be a good little contest. Roses are sweet and Sunny Cove. Sunny Cove looks a progressive type and, and Roses are sweet, a good three-year-old filly from the Turpin Yard. So um, looking forward to that race, even though we'll have to uh, put the alarm on, I think, to watch it. Yeah, there's a, a late finish there tonight with 10 races at Redcliffe. Darren, as always, appreciate the time. Looking forward to the chat again on Friday when we preview Albion Park. Yeah, sounds good, Chris, and hopefully we can strike tonight.